Well, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Diana Prince, and this is Pen Up Talk, Publicity Talk. Haven't quite gotten my new title down packed here, but welcome to my podcast. It's about 4.30 in the morning, so I don't know. Good morning. I guess everyone's still out there adjusting to the time change, everyone except for the state of Arizona. So I was thinking, I think yesterday, about my process, the or the processes that I go through to produce the things that I produce um, often on a regular basis. And I think it would be a great documentary to, you know, to follow the career of a pinup model to show a day in the life or a week in the life. So you'll have to bear with me once again. I haven't been using my vocal cords since yesterday. <coughs> Excuse me. There's always fans somewhere going on in this house. And it's a bit chilly. It's 4.30 in the morning. So, um, and we're in March. We're in the month of March. 2019. So today's topic, um, I do think it'd be interesting. I think it'd be interesting to have a video and show, um, the process and the steps actually of any photo shoot, but pennant photo shoot and maybe break it down to more specifically a, a product model photo shoot. And more specifically, what someone who is a social media influencer, a fashion blogger, um, a product model goes through, um, the steps and the process that she goes through, whether that be involving a photographer, not involving a photographer. Anyways, I realized that there are a lot of people that don't know how much work honestly goes like I could do or a part of a documentary could be on um, the cover of a magazine and from the very very beginning stages and everyone involved in all of the communication and all of the production the steps of the production and the process involved and then boom we see that that image on the cover of a magazine and there's so many people that just don't know i think they would like to know they would be interested to know it would be interesting to, for them to find out the process um and just see pretty much every step you know every detail because when i look at the cover of a magazine and i'm mainly talking glamour but when i'm talking or pinup but really, the cover of pretty much any magazine with a person on it, um, I think of money. That's I see dollar signs popping up, you know, in my eyes. You know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, that cost money, you know. Because when you're talking magazines that are very selective, or the top magazines in that particular industry, you're obviously talking about quality high quality and it's really 
you know, not about personal taste when we're talking about high quality. Of course, that's the reason why that cover image got chosen. Um, because I'm sure there was a lot of people who submitted high quality images. That's why they're in that issue of that magazine. But specifically, when I think about the cover, I just think about how much is involved in the planning and money. You know, whoever did the hair knew what they were doing. This is These aren't just, you know, regular every day through some hair together, you know. And then there's the era of the hair style matching the era of the clothes, matching the era of the car or the props, etc. So I just think, you know, there's somebody involved that knows what they're doing. <laughs> so they were either, you know, themselves paying to invest in the shoot or they were paid and their expertise was needed. Um, whether it's the stylist and the photographer or the stylist, you know, or the model actually did all of her styling. And then I think about the wardrobe and the amount of money that's involved. It's like when I think of the cover of a, a pennant magazine, like I said, one of the top pennant magazines, I think of money. I don't think of someone that in time, which is money and expertise, which is money. It's a value. I don't <clears throat> think of someone just rolling out of bed. Oh, I think I'll do a photo shoot today or, oh, I have a photo shoot plan for next week. And then the day before they start coming up with outfits and maybe decide to do their hair a certain way then, or they don't decide to do their hair, how they're going to do it till the morning of the shoot. And they actually start styling and then they gather their clothes, put together a few accessories, pack up and go. I don't think photo shoots like that land covers of magazines, specifically pennant magazines. Um, so I just see a lot of planning and a lot of money and expertise involved and just high quality, high end everything, every single thing about the picture, all of the key elements, the photography, um, the, uh, and the photography includes the editing as well as the lighting, the angles, um, the use of shadows, and obviously the clarity of the image. Um, and the editing, that's the photography part that has to be high quality, but the model has to look pinup. The style has to be right for the issue for that magazine in particular. Those are two different things that, and then when you talk about pinup, my goodness, there's so many different styles. There's so many different, um, themes and eras and then styles within each era. So just planning a photo shoot you know the money and time involved and if there's a stylist or if the model's doing it that's what I think of every element of the image has to be high quality then we can go on on personal taste and the owners of the magazines can go on their personal taste but the hair the wardrobe the poses and the facial expressions of the model um, her level of being attractive or genuinely attractive, um, the images fitting the issue, like I said, and fitting the style of that particular magazine, fitting the theme of the issue, 
as well as, again, the style of the magazine. There are magazines that are really, really sexy, 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 if that's a way to describe. And then there are magazines that are very, um, more like old Hollywood, classic, you know, um, nor cinema, vintage type of magazines. And it's definitely, they're definitely not over the top sexy. So, and then there are pennant magazines that do kind of like glamour type of issues, but within pennant. And then obviously bourgeois is sexy and modern day pennant is usually very sexy, but modern day pennant also includes rockabilly. And so, you know, you get the tattoos, the earplugs, um, and just the pink hair, the blue hair, the, you know, the, the huge stilettos and platforms and things like that. So that can be very much obviously seen as sexy. So every magazine is not the same. And then every issue can be differently themed differently. And then we're talking about eras. We're talking about eras. Um, a modern day pennant magazine that is known for being very sexy, such as Delicious Dolls. You're, even if you have, I would say they would have, you'd have to be pretty much really wearing next to nothing for their, one of their spicy issues. Um, but otherwise in general, I don't think that if you took some pictures with your hair in a 1920s hairstyle, and I'm saying for the most part, meaning most of their issues, I don't think that if you had on, you know, a nice silk robe, you know, showing a little leg and a 1920s look, I don't think that would be for Delicious Dolls Magazine. Um, just like there's images, again, that are, they're synonymous, or if, if that's a word, um, for publishing, like modern day pinup. Girls with pink hair, um, girls with tattoos everywhere, girls with piercings, and um, just the whole rockabilly type of hairstyle and the latex clothing, the really, really short, short clothing, the small, tiny clothing, modern lingerie, modern high heels. That's what you're going to see the majority of. And when, and when you take pictures like that with that style and that style model, there are certain magazines that they're not going to have an issue that something like that fits. So, and then there are magazines that do a variety and that is what they're known for, um, is doing a variety and as far as accepting different styles. But I think that as far as the top magazines, that's one thing that they have in common within pinup, um, and probably every magazine that is really successful is that they just, they have one overall style. And when you look at their magazine no matter what issue, no matter what theme, they're still going to have that style. And so that's important to know. And I really wasn't even trying to get into all that. But um, the point is, is that there's a lot of thinking involved when it comes to landing a cover and there's money involved. If a company sends you clothing, they still had to pay for that clothing. Now, I don't know how much people mark stuff up. Say somebody sends you a dress that is a hundred dollar dress and it costs them 50 or 40. Cause again, I don't, I don't know how much it costs them 70, 80. I don't know. 
the point is, it still costs that company money. They're still out of that amount of money. And this could be for several outfits. And then there's shipping costs. They're shipping it to you. There's companies that'll say, if you buy this and that, we'll give you a discount. They give everybody a discount. But if it's things that you want, then you want that discount. Of course you do. And it can benefit you in different ways, to, if, depending on the company, if it's a huge brand. And you're already buying those things, you know. I think pennant models overall spend more money on their wardrobe than other style models because everything is usually set up at different photo shoots. Whereas pennant modeling, so many of the shoots are shoots that pennant models are booking for what they need to do. And therefore, you know, they're providing the wardrobe most of the time. Um, but there are so many, not so many, but there are many great full-service pinup studios that have wardrobe for the, all of their clients. Uh, they, there's none in Vegas, but, you know, they are out there. Um, I guess you would say there's a select few, but there, there are many as far as, like, at least there's five, I would say, um, overall, on average. So back to what I was saying about the, back to the money. Um, I just think of how much money is involved and how much planning is involved. If again, a company sends you something and it's an outfit, it's $50 to a hundred dollars. That's, that's money. I know for a lot of people, a hundred dollars isn't a lot of money. Um, I don't know any of those people personally, and I'm definitely not one of them because you know, money is money. Somebody had to work for it. And I've said that so many times when people are judging pennant models because they don't think that they have a nine to five or they think that someone's taking care of them or they think that that pinup has a rich or wealthy spouse. And it's like, first of all, I don't understand why you would care. Everybody has their advantages. Your mom could have been, you know, the top lawyer in your city, blah, blah, blah. Now you want to be a lawyer. How's that not going to be an advantage for you? But aren't you the one that had to go to two college, then law school, then complete the bar. You know, that's how I look at when people judge because in social media, social media influencers, fashion influencers, fashion bloggers, um, Instagram, whatever, there are so many people out there. I've read the comments that just at every chance they get, they will make a comment about how that model is rich and how they obviously have to be to, tr to do all this traveling and to have all these clothes. And it's like, I just don't understand why that bothers anybody. Um, you can't tell me that they're not working. I finally read a comment the other day that someone was saying about a star. And finally, someone said something logical, you know, that I would, that I happen to agree with. So not only was, I, not only do I think it's logical, I happen to agree, which is there are plenty of people who get money handed to them by family. There are plenty of people who grew up and eventually their family became rich. There are plenty of people who were born with the silver spoon in their mouth and they chose to do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not further their education, not do anything, just live their life and, you know, the things that they've done maybe we don't know about because they weren't bad and they weren't so great where they were donating to charities and becoming a philanthropist 
Um, they didn't become an athlete. They didn't become a scholar. They didn't use the money to sing. Um, you know, nothing. No athletic ability. No singing talent. And 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 people will be will ju- will judge you then. They'll say, "Oh, with all that money, you could have done more." Or there's people that won't judge you because once again, you're not making an impact as far as doing something big or doing something horrible. Um, and I would say, you know, those are the people who get judged the less. And then there's people who obviously were born with a silver spoon in their mouth and a lot of money. And they, they totally fucked their life up as well as other people. And they were destructive with their money and they spent it. They misused it. They definitely didn't get an education. They definitely didn't use it um, to feed the homeless or, you know, follow their passions and dreams. And, or maybe they did and they totally just screwed it up with the money and they got heavily into drugs and just or and or and destroyed their life. And, you know, those people are, you know, if their father was famous or their family was famous, they get in the media because, you know, look what they're doing. It's a shame. They had all this money, all these opportunities, and they mess it up. Nobody knows what they're going through, their personal demons, what really went on when they grow up. Not to say that people have to have bad things happen to them to get hooked on drugs. Um, I'm just saying that's one example. But there are people that are going to outright totally judge you because of that, obviously, because you're making a bad impression on, on everyone or the world. And then there are people, if, you know, if it's in the media and, or they know you, then there's people who on social media, there's so many people that will judge you when you actually did do something with that money. Okay. You married somebody rich and you decided to start a business of your own. Why does it even matter where the money comes from? You know, you were born into money. You don't, you've you've never had to work a day in your life um, as far as what people consider working. You aren't quote unquote self-made, but you took the money and you did become self-made because you took it and did something specific with it. This wasn't a formula that was set up like, oh, now that you're old enough, why don't you try this, this or that? No. And it wasn't like you have to go into this business or you're cut off from the money. No, wasn't that. It's not like, oh, you have to marry this person and then we'll keep giving, you know, their family's rich, our family's rich. Here's an arranged marriage. We don't really care what you do with your life, but no, that's not the case either. So, you know, you're getting people who are actually being innovative or creative or both people who are smart enough to say, I'm going to use this money and start doing this, or I want to have my own line of lingerie. I want to have my own magazine. I want to win awards for photography, travel all over the world photographing people. I mean, you know, there are people who actually do something with it. And to me, I consider it an opportunity. And that's what I mean, kind of going full circle back to being, um, which was my topic of today, which is being a social media influencer and a product model, clothing model. It's like, Someone has to pay for these things. Somebody had to pay. I'm never concerned with who paid, you know, because obviously someone had to pay. I don't know anywhere that money grows on trees. So even if you have to trace it back to the root, to the roots of the tree, 
someone had to work for that money. I mean, unless it's money that somebody totally swindled from someone and stole from someone. But again, how did that money even exist? Because somebody got to, they got got, you know, they worked for it. So, I mean, I'd hate to think of that situation. I'm really not trying to use that as a part of my example, but I'm just saying somebody has to make the money. And whether it's the same person that actually is the creative one or not, it has to be done. It has to be done and every production takes money, big or small. And there are some people that choose to do something with the opportunities that they have. You know, instead of being, oh, it's such a waste. They had all of that, da, da, da. No, they're not. They're actually doing something with the opportunity and which means money in this case that they have available to them. You know, people can shop to their drop or they can actually make money shopping. And yeah, it costs money to start shopping, but whose business, business is it where the money comes from? It sounds like a whole bunch of bitter people that are upset because they can't travel and can't shop all the time. You don't know what that person's situation is and it could be even better than you imagine or it could be so bad that you didn't even couldn't even imagine that that's what their life is like. Um, all I'm saying is who cares? Why should it matter? What I see is people working hard and being successful and choosing to do something that they didn't have to do. They could just, oh, I'm on vacation, look at me. Oh, this is my new outfit, look at me, and not make a dollar and not start their own business, not whatever that they want to do as a passion. And that, yeah, that can be shopping, <laughs> that can be traveling, that can be eating at different restaurants, that can be being a philanthropist, donating to charities, um, entering marathons and pledging money, getting other people to pledge. There's a lot of different ways that people um, go after their passion with the opportunities. And opportunities come with time and money usually. So back to what I was saying, I, um, I just don't think people, a lot of people know the process in which it is. And this is what I want to say because I've said this before. When it comes to being a social media influencer, a fashion blogger, a clothing model, there are so many different types that you can't just say everybody does this. There's no exact, you know, uh, I don't know if you want to say formula. It depends on the, on the individual model. And you normally it's because of the companies that she's working with. So you can take a whole bunch of people who are like fitness models that are product models or clothing models for fitness companies and fitness brands. And they all have that in common. But every single agreement is going to be different depending on their relationship, you know, with the company, depending on, um, and if they don't have one, they, they initially get some sort of agreement and contract. And that's going to depend on each individual company. What they're offering you what they expect from you, um, et cetera, et cetera. So everything is going to be in that contract and every agreement is different. Even within fitness modeling, you know, for social media, for companies, even, you know, same thing for pinup, same thing for lingerie, same thing for, you know, sweater, sweaters, dresses, 
shoes, boots, there's going to be a different agreement depending on the company. They may give you your own discount code to post. Um, you might be directly involved in sales. So, you know, every sale, you make a certain amount. You may not be involved in that at all. They may be sending you items and paying you, or they may be sending you items and not paying you. Most models that I know that receive clothing, not necessarily products, but yes, including products, it depends on the product. But I've done my research and I've also met people who do this. <clears throat> I've worked with people, I'm working with someone now who does what I do basically, just not as often as I do it. And then she has another career in modeling that I don't have. <laughs> and she's doing that full time. So, um, there, like I was saying, there, somebody just distracted me. Something just distracted me. Sorry about that. So, um, anyway, she's, she's doing that. I'm doing that. And the similarities that we have in common is that we sell most of the things that are sent to us by various companies. Now, like I said, it depends on the product. With certain products, you're using it once. Once you open it, that's it. Obviously, you're not selling it. Um, but with clothing and a lot of products such as accessories, you know, um, you can definitely sell them again if it's something that you don't plan on ever wearing again. Or if that was that's your just frame of mind, like, that's why I went into business with this company. That's what I agreed to do on my end and the entire time I had in mind that I'm going to make my money by selling the things that this company sends me. So it's not even about, oh, this fit me so perfect and I loved it. If, you know, your frame of mind is about business and that's how you're making money off of the work that you're doing for the company, then you can't possibly keep it all, obviously. Um, the majority of it, if not all of it, you're going to sell it. And that may be how you make your money. Or it might even be a combination of three. It might be they're paying you a little something. You are also receiving free, free clothing and in exchange, you know, for modeling it. And then you can sell it. And then there's people who are very heavily into YouTube. And they're making money every month on their YouTube videos. I've already went into, I wouldn't say how difficult, but it is a challenge because you have to have a certain amount of followers. And then every video has to have a certain amount of views um, to make you any sort of money that is going to be considered an income. I mean, you can make $10 a month or you can make making 1000 a month literally or more it you know or on one video you can make a thousand dollars but hey it's got to be looked at a million times so you know you do the math and you know and you can't even make money until you have over 10,000 followers um subscribers on your youtube channel so but there are people who are making money that way and that's what they do and they have they test products um on youtube or they you know model and they do clothing overhauls, overhauls like, um, you know, Fashion Nova overhaul. 
and they will model in a whole bunch of things that they've gotten in the mail and they make money off that video. I do believe that a lot of those, I don't know if it's half because I really don't know, but I'm saying I would say at least half of those people are keeping the things that, that they bought and they're making money on the YouTube videos and they're not making money from Fashion Nova. Um, and I would say the other half, I'm just guessing half, um, are people who sell those things. They keep the tags on them, they model in them, they make the money from the YouTube, and I'm sure they probably take some still shots as well. And then they sell the items and make money. So I know that there are people that are doing that, and if you can end up, if you, not everyone, but some people have, and a lot of people have, if you can end up doing a video where you spent $300 on the clothes, and you end up making over $1,000 on the video, but again, a thousand that means you have to have a million views. But I'm just saying, as an example, if you were to spend $300, um, I think like this one girl did, said that, she didn't do it all at once, but over a course of time, she spent like $300 on all these outfits from Fashion Nova. And that's going to be a huge name that's going to be searched a lot on YouTube uh, in the search engines period. It's the number one Googled brand, I think, over everybody, Gucci, everybody in 2018. So um, she's modeling in those. I think she said she spent 300 total last time I checked the video had over a million views and I do believe like quickly it got close to that so that means that in one month she made almost a thousand dollars off of that video and she spent according to her three hundred dollars on the clothes I'm not saying that's always going to happen but my point is if if she happens to be in the percentage of the people who don't keep those clothes that means that she turned around and sold them on like eBay or somewhere and made even more money. So she could have possibly made a hundred, two hundred, maybe even all of her money back. I don't know. Um, just, you know, by selling them, reselling the clothes. But then there comes the money from the YouTube videos. And then you start with the new month. You start with the new month. But each video continues to make money. So how much, how many ever views it gets in that month, you receive another check and it keeps going. So you could, she could have virtually made, like I said, about a thousand in the first month. And then the next month it could be less, but there's still going to be more money coming in every month as long as the video continues to be viewed every month from one video. So, <clears throat> excuse me, there are a lot of people who are doing that. I mean, I, I'm astonished when, when people don't know that YouTubers are making serious money. And when I say YouTubers, I mean like professional YouTubers, people that have serious amount of subscribers to their channel. And it's like, you know, the chicken or the egg, but really it's you have to start. And you have to start with doing all these videos that you're not going to be getting paid a red cent for, you know, or a, a, is it a red cent, <laughs> a red dime? No. Yeah. A red cent. You're not, um, you're not going to be getting paid, but that's how you build your followers. That's how you build your, um, 
subscribers by you have to have content there initially for most people. Um, and again, you're not going to be getting paid on those videos, but I do believe once you hit over 10,000 followers, all of your videos that are current will start making money, even the ones that weren't before. But anyways, I've already went into details about that. I just, I have not gotten over and really done any serious work on YouTube. I just haven't. I just haven't. It's something I have to admit I haven't done because I don't have the time to do it. It takes time. And that brings me full circle once again back to what I really wanted to talk about today um, and just break it down for everybody that there's such a process and when everyone does and everybody has different agreements. Everybody's making money for as far as people that are making money being a social media influencer, a fashion blogger, um, a fashion influencer, you, those people that are making the money, they're so much involved in what they're doing. And I, I, again, I, I don't know if I'm going to, who's even going to listen to this, but there really is a, an entire process. Whereas, you know, a model who's a pennant model who shoots for magazine publication, and again, it depends on the agreement. You might be not getting that many items, but you might be getting items on a regular basis from a certain company or several companies. So that's going to increase your workload or add to it, whatever. Um, but all I can say is that when I was a pennant model and I was shooting for publication only, I was not um, doing as many shoots as I'm doing now. Nowhere near it. And there was a time in San Diego where I was doing a lot of photo shoots, but still, I just had like a span where I was doing a chunk of them and then it slowed down. But every single week I was still shooting every week, just not multiple times a week like I was for like two, two months at one point in my career, two, three months time. And then I took a break and I didn't do any for two months or so. Um, I don't know if it was right around that time, but that's just part of what, what was going on in my career. Um, I have not done as many photo shoots on a regular basis ever in my career until I started becoming a clothing model for a specific company. Why? Because they're not sending me one dress here, one dress there. Far from it. And I'm grateful. I'm blessed. I'm happy about it. It's been one year that I've been under contract and I've been working with them. And I don't tell people my exact agreement with them. Some people have asked me. Um, I think people, some people assume my point of, or, you know, what I'm focused on in this podcast is that everything that I do, mainly that people see me doing, especially on a regular basis, yes, I'm getting paid. So it's, hey, you know, but I'm investing a lot of time. I'm working. This is work. And I do think it would be a great documentary or a great video to be able to show, not just explain it, not just show it with pictures or little snippets, but to actually put together a really nice video showing just the day that um, a social media goes through on the day that she has a photo shoot, but also the background of it, you know, the planning. And that's what I was doing when I was speaking to someone. I was text messaging someone yesterday and I was explaining to them the steps that I have to go through just for one photo shoot. 
and this is just for one company and it may be for just one photo shoot with one look or two looks or three looks but it's it's so much work and there's a process just for one shoot for one company and then additional outfits additional looks additional images that all means additional work and again I'm not saying that this is the same with every single pennant model or model who is a clothing model for a company and a social media influencer everybody has a different contract everyone has a different process but for the most part I do believe there are a lot of people that go through the same process as me um, you know you do so much communication with the company that's number one they tell you what they're sending you can start envisioning right then and there what type of looks you're gonna do now this is going to be my example for somebody who does not hire a stylist and where these are photo shoots that you're doing that you're responsible for doing in exchange for things being sent to you meaning that they're not paying for the photographer meaning that let's break it down to you not paying for the photographer so whether you're taking your own pictures or you're doing trade with a photographer and it's basically for product shots you might be able to say hey if we get some other type of shots because they have to be different types you know um, not focusing on the garment but mainly coming up with creative poses if you could get some shots for publication then you're killing two birds with one stone you're getting product shots and publication shots but the example that I'm giving would be a model like me who I don't pay for a stylist I do my own styling it's work so if I were to pay someone obviously somebody has to work for that money but the point is that's something that I wouldn't be doing if I had a stylist who I paid or someone paid to do this even if there were stylists out there that wanted to style me for trade so they could get publication um, you know on their resume so they could you know say that they've taken product shots for a certain company whatever they would not be able I would not be able to have enough stylists willing to do that as often as I shoot so I don't even dip into that <coughs> excuse me plus if someone does my makeup and my hair I'm still going to pay them I mean it may be considered more of a tip but there's no way I'm not going to do that so it's not as though you know it's not like oh well you didn't have to do that well we know but yes I did I mean you're not I'm not gonna have somebody drive way out to where I live and not give them something for doing my hair you know I got a lot of hair <laughs> or doing my makeup it takes a long time to do that and there are photographers that are purposely out there offering trade they are offering to photograph models for free so but again I see no point I was doing it and it just dawned on me it makes no sense to have photographers drive out here and again I will still not be able to have one or several as often as I need them because I do product shoots uh, often every week you know and then sometimes there's a week where I want to do three days in a row of product shoots so I just was like 
if it's just for product shoots, why have a professional photographer come out here for that, even though they're not charging me? And they do see it as equal trade because I'm a professional and they want to photograph me, but for product shots, you know, they can be kind of boring and definitely very repetitive, the same poses, and they're not always the style shots for publication, so the actual bonus of that is not thrown in there. So it's like, let's just cut cut everybody out. <laughs> I can do my styling. Um, the company's providing the wardrobe, and I can do my own photography. So that's a part of the process. I obviously have to plan ahead. I look at every single garment, and I think about the hair first. What kind of hairstyle? So that means that I may do, I may have several items sent to me and I break it down with the hairstyles. I can shoot in these two dresses on one day because these dresses are 1950s style and I'm going to have my hair or my wig styled in a 1950s style. These other three dresses are definitely 1960. I have to have 1960s hair to go with it. This means accessories as well. So I'm planning all of this in my head. And then I immediately think about location or the background. A lot of times product shots are very simple, very plain background, sometimes white background, a lot of times. The company that I've been modeling for full time, they have models in every single garment that they've ever sent me with the white backdrop. Very, you know, common, standard, um, you know, just standard in the business product shots for on their website. They want me in the garments. They want me, not the manufacturer models. And they also want something different than just a white plain backdrop. Although I have done that and I do do it for a couple of shots because it is necessary to really focus on that on particular garments. But I use different backdrops with different colors. Um, and then there's times I will add props. I try not to add that many props. I try not to add that many accessories. Now I do because they have requested that I add belts and hats and gloves and stuff like that. So that's the type of product shots that they want. Um, but again, I always think of location as well. You know, can I take these outdoors? Is it going to be ideal weather for me to take these outdoors? And I already have like two basic locations in mind that are right under my nose that I can just go do pretty much at any point in time. And I really don't have to rely on anyone. Um, and I can go do these at pretty much any of the hours that I would be doing my shoots. I can shoot at these, these places. They're right here. So, um, you know, that's something that you also have to know, like where's going to be the best lighting, what's going to be the best setup. I know uh, one girl on Instagram I'm thinking of another one too but I know one in particular that she takes pictures when she goes places um, but 80-90% of her pictures are all taken in like two different locations her bedroom where she has a really nice setup and it matches with all of her outfits 
and she models a lot of lingerie and bathing suits so she does that indoors um and then there is what looks like the front of her building where she lives it's there's it's a nice door there's nice bricks there's a nice uh, window type of doors and pottery and plants and uh sorry when she posts pictures there the look is on her outfit and she's outside so she's not in the lingerie and that's where she would i've seen her model most of her like jeans and dresses and stuff like that and then a very small percentage of her pictures are taken um at a restaurant somewhere or out somewhere or in a hotel suite that she's staying at they're there but they're that's just not the majority of them then there's another girl on instagram 90 a solid 90 percent of her pictures are all selfies very high quality selfies where she cuts off her face entirely it's just her neck and her legs and she will put one leg up <laughs> to show her shoes she models in a lot of expensive shoes and a lot of, of outfits high-end name brands and what I consider a lot of them expensive things um how would I know <laughs> anyways um almost all of her product shots are selfies they're not even on a tripod. She's not standing against the wall. She's sitting on what appears to be the same sofa. And it's a very close, tight shot. And you totally see the outfit and her shoes and her jewelry. And that's it. She calls it a day. There are pictures of her on there out at different places. And, you know, she shows the rest of her. She's a pretty girl but she chooses to do. So I like it when I go to her Instagram page because almost you just scroll down and it all looks uniform. They're all high quality images. They're all well lit, crystal clear. The editing is not crazy, overly done at all. I don't even remember the editing as far as it being like, oh, you can tell these are edited, which duh, but no. Um, just very high quality and she's taking them with one of her hands <laughs> um, sitting in uh, on her sofa and then like I said with the other girl now she takes a lot of them while she's holding her camera because she obviously has a huge mirror on her wall or mirrors for her closet doors and She's taking pictures of the reflection of her. So you see her camera in her hand. She moves it away from her face. And there's a, the reflection of herself off of the mirror. The camera is taking the picture. Very high quality. I even asked a photographer, I was so nosy, what type of camera she was using and how much it costs. So it's like a five, $600 camera. And um, she just takes really great pictures. She obviously set up her bedroom nice. But this isn't something where she has to change the backdrop all the time. And she's constantly moving stuff around. Um, you know, changing the color of this, that. No, everything is pretty much the same. And again, it looks uniform. For the most part, when I go to her page, it's like everything looks the same. And 
but the outfits and you really get to focus like, oh, here's the outfit. I mean, that's what I'm concentrating on. I'm not looking at all these things in the background, especially anymore because everything's the same. But she has the gray that everybody went with in 2018. And it just, and she's got the velvety gray, um, you know, the headboards and the footboard and all of the stuff that matches. And that gray, it's kind of a silvery gray just makes all of her outfits no matter what color no matter what the style pop and you really concentrate on her outfits and she has her hair and makeup done just top notch every single time I get the feeling that she's the one that does her makeup because she's never gives you know oh thank you for doing and she gives shout outs to her plastic surgeon okay um and whenever she's gotten her hair done if somebody's put extensions in it or whatever, she, she credits them. So I would event, I would venture to say that she's doing her own hair and she's doing her own makeup. She's obviously taking her own pictures. Sometimes people will have a spouse that does that. But again, we're talking about quick product shots and usually one only with these two particular models and so many of the other ones, you will see one, maybe two, maybe two. But one is like, that's it. That's common. There's not going to be a whole bunch of pictures in the same outfit. They're going to take one of the best product shots. The, the one that's the most clear, the, the, the best, you know, well, the most well lit. And the one that shows the outfit the most and is flattering on them. The one that they happen to, to fancy. And they're going to post that and they're going to tag the clothing company or the, the makeup company, or everybody involved. And and I like that. I wish I could do that. I've tried to do it. I can't. <laughs> I'm just, that's what I'm saying. Everybody is different. But there's so much work involved. So I have like 10 minutes left in this podcast. And so getting back to my process, um, I very much so plan my hair according to, and my accessories. And then I think about the location. So for me, it's not always standard, the same hairstyle, obviously. Um, my makeup, I do change it a little bit, depending on the look. If I'm doing something extremely vintage, where it's no doubt that we're not doing anything modern, I'm going to refrain from the gold across my nose, the bridge of my nose, the gold really like so much of my gold highlighter that I'm obsessed with I'm going to refrain from using a lot of it on my cheeks because it's just it doesn't go necessarily with vintage but I don't make that many major alterations when it comes to my makeup sometimes I will go heavier with my contouring but for the most part um I pretty much you just do like my standard face basically and my lip color is what may change. I might add wings to my liner, um, but not all the time because I wear a lot of glasses, so you don't even get to see if I have the wing liner. But my eyelashes are usually always dramatic, and I don't really vary in different styles. Like, oh, I'm going to use this style eyelashes for today. I don't really do that. I have one basic standard um, set of eyelashes 
and I, I order them in like a dozen at a time. So I may switch up, but that's after I'm done with that dozen type of thing. There has been times a company sent me some mink lashes that were so dramatic. There's no way I could wear those with every look because <laughs> not every look is just totally glamorous like that. And so I saved those for certain looks. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but for overall, when I'm talking about product shots, I'm not really focused that much on the details per se of my makeup. I just know it needs to be there and for good reason. And everything must be high quality as far as my ability and my resources, my tools, my knowledge, my skills. I try to make everything as high quality as I can make it. So just setting up for a shoot, I know people, most people know that obviously ahead of time. Well, maybe they don't know ahead of time, but I plan everything ahead of time and my looks. And I would say most people, at least they do know, obviously there's styling involved. So I don't have a stylist. I do my hair, I do my makeup and I am my set decorator. I don't just show up and Hey, the set is already done. Like the photographer did the setup, you know, or somehow they had a third person that was the set decorator or that photographer has an assistant. Um, no, I'm the photographer, I'm the assistant, I'm the stylist, and a lot of models that are social media influencers, fashion influencers, clothing models, they are doing the same things. They are doing their own styling, their hair and their makeup. A lot of them don't change their hair a lot. That would be the difference with me. And I'm talking about modern day fashion models which I am not. So, you know, I'm doing different eras. And so that's why my hair changes. But also, there's no way. I just can't, I just cannot have the same hairstyles every single shoot. I just cannot do it. Even within the 50s, there's so many hairstyles. You know, that's why I say with pinup, it's not just pinup. There are different eras within eras. There are different styles. So the company that I'm working for very much appreciates my expertise in the matter and the fact that I do create entirely different looks based upon the outfit. And that includes, like I said, my hair, my makeup, building a set, deciding what is going to go with, you know, do I, do I incorporate props? Do I use a gray backdrop, a black backdrop, a pink backdrop? Um, and then if it's not indoors, then location. Okay, where am I going to take these pictures where the outfit is really going to stand out? Where am I going to take the pictures where the lighting is going to be great? Not so bright where I'm squinting and the pictures are just overly bright, overexposed. But somewhere I can feel comfortable setting up my tripod very simply, taking some quick and easy product shots, um, feeling comfortable doing it. It has to be something I feel comfortable wearing in public, obviously, in an outdoor setting. A lot of people have their own homes, so they can take pictures in front of their house or in their backyard. <laughs> um, but again, planning that, the location is very important as well. The time of day that I'm going to get the best lighting, the weather conditions, who's going to be around, how long is it going to take me to get there, um, 
is there somewhere for me to change if I'm going to be taking pictures in more than one outfit? And all of this applies even when I have a photographer because I have to do the set decoration here at my house and I'm usually the one that finds the locations um, that are really close by because I have a couple, like I said, right here under my nose and, um, you know, I utilize them often. So there is a process and then I actually have to set up my tripod, put my timer on, get the camera angle ready. I usually try to do all of that before I finish the final touches of my look. Once my hair, my makeup, and clothing are completely ready and totally exactly the way I want, all I want to do is to go to the camera, press the button, and pose. I don't want to start setting up the lighting and moving equipment and adjusting the camera angle. So usually I, I do all of that ahead of time, which takes work. <laughs> So then I'm posing, and then I go back and look at every single picture that I take of myself. And with product shots, I try not to take that many because the company does not use that many. So I just try to get the basic poses down, but I do look at every shot of myself after I've taken it. Then there is the, the breakdown of everything. If I'm going home, I'm still putting stuff away. If I'm already at home, I'm putting stuff away. <laughs> I'm taking off my lashes, my wig, my jewelry, my clothes. I'm putting things back. I'm putting my lighting away. I might leave the set the way that it is. Or I might completely take it down. Anything that I've had to rearrange, like my hair table whatever, all that has to go back into place. And I usually do all of this right away because it looked nice and neat before I started and I just don't want to sit there while it's looking in disarray. Yeah, I'm saying usually, but there are times that I have taken out so many things or went and took out so many pairs of shoes that it's like, I actually, you know, it's more than just hanging my dress up and taking my wig off and taking my lashes off. I actually have quite a few things to put back and to rearrange. So that's part of the post work and then obviously the editing. I don't send unedited product shots to companies. I don't post that many. I, of course, I, I post a sneak peek. Once in a while, they're, they're unedited, but a lot of my outtakes and sneak peeks that I post are edited. But the, the good edits, you know, the final shots go to the company. So that means I have to go through them. I have to edit them. I have to provide them. Same thing with video. They want me to do video. I have to talk on camera, think about what I'm going to say, say everything politely, eloquently, um, try to say it with an interesting tone, um, and model, for the, model the products, the clothing on camera. Then I have to edit the video, send the video, provide the content. So there is a lot of work. And then obviously I'm responsible as well for doing a lot of the promotion online. So there's such a process and this is for each and every single product shot, for each and every single product shoot, for each and every garment that they send to me, you guys. 
So hopefully I've enlightened some people. I've got 30 seconds left here, almost an hour of my podcast. It is officially 5.30 in the morning. Good morning, and I'll see all of you guys online. Thank you for the support, and I hope everyone has a fabulous day. Ciao.